On today's Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, we break down the Bears' win against the Texans. They won a game. Stap, the six-game skid. Everyone's saved! Or is it just a really silly, sad day because it means it's just a mirage and they're still going to lose? We'll break it all down. We'll see you in episode 28. And we'll get a little Illinois talk as Lovey Smith is fired as head coach of the football team. We'll break it all down for you here and what that means for the program moving forward, even though it's not... Chicago sports has got a big enough tie to where we think it's important to talk to you about. All that more coming at you now, episode 28. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago sports podcast with my friend and co-host Joey Gelman, who you can find on Twitter at Joey Gelman. Myself, Dan Collins, you could find on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. This lovely fine show you can find on Twitter as well at Believe in Chicago. Let's get right to it. The Bears kicked ass. Houston comes to town, and we have no problem. A 36-7 to victory over the struggling Texans. And you know what? I'm gonna start I'm gonna start this show with an apology because this is what we do here. Joey and I host this show twice a week. If you couldn't tell by the title, it revolves around Chicago sports, the majority of the content that is. When the Bears are bad, when they suck, when they're an embarrassment, we say exactly that, and we talk about it. Today, they didn't suck. They were really damn good. They led from start to finish, and what more can you say? You have to tip the cap when when the, when the hat tip is due, Club Dub is open. The boys celebrated. You thought it might have went a little differently because the big storyline going in right before kickoff was, of course, Trubisky v. Watson. But the Bears and Trubisky put that to bed almost immediately. The storyline was just more and more and more out the window as the game went on because from from the very first play on when the Bears said go and Montgomery led things off with an 80-yard touchdown run and then only got 10 more carries the rest of the game. What happened there? Um, the Bears were in control, and that's what it was. Watson saw a lot, of, a lot of turf, a lot of grass today, and the Bears now victorious. Almost want to be upset because, like, hey, guys, we're supposed to suck for, <laughs> for as good of a draft pick as we can. But you know what? Kudos to Matt Nagy. Kudos to the team who, after just back-to-back embarrassments, won at the hand of the now NFC North champion Packers, and then a week ago by the Lions, that was just just fumbled the victory away, pun intended. You know what? They could have just folded. It could have been donezo. The players themselves could have potentially, which they never do. They don't buy into the plan of let's just suck for a good rookie to come in. They held it together. They showed they weren't giving up. And they didn't. And Joey, you have a 36 to 7 Bears victory to talk about. How about it? Yeah, that's an odd concept to even talk about. They scored 36 points. I mean, that's that's unheard of for this team. But yeah, it, it, it it's kind of a weird spot, right? You, we 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 bitch and moan all week in the last couple of weeks about how terrible this team is, and and when they win, it's kind of like a a weird feeling because you're you're ecstatic and happy because you put so much excitement and effort and and feeling on a Sunday towards that team. But then you also know in the back of your head that that may not be the best team for them in the long haul. And so I think the biggest takeaway is exactly what you said. Is it going to change the fortunes of this team and make them a Super Bowl contender or a playoff team this year? Probably not. 
but it speaks volumes to Matt Nagy's leadership in the locker room for this team. And I know we, we've called him out tremendously on this show. I'm, I'm not going to back away for it, and I think it's still warranted. But there's something to be said to come out today and dominate like you did against a team that was favored and could have beaten you. That, that says a lot for, for the character of, of what he's built and the culture for what is on this team. That they still, amidst all this, want to win for him. And I, I, I don't know if that's enough to save his or Ryan Pace's job or to sway management. Who knows? But it does say something about there are still a lot of players on this team that respect him and respect what they're trying to do. And... Even if you move on from Matt Nagy, that's at least a good cultural makeup you've built as as, as a team. You just got to turn it into wins. Let's be real. The Bears fans out there who were okay with just facing the fact that the season, you know, for the most part is over. There's no play, there's no real playoff push to be had. And you, and you know there's still major changes coming at the end of the season. The majority of those fans probably would have been very okay with the Sean Watson and the Texans coming in, whooping the Bears' ass in Soldier Field, making Pace look that more foolish, making the Watson or the Trubisky over Watson pick look that much more foolish, having Matt Nagy as a leader of this clubhouse look, looking or as this team looking more foolish. That's not what happened, and it's so it's it's a little messed up because. You almost want them to make it a little easier for you, right? It's more than just the draft pick. It's you know there's a lot of major changes that need to happen in order for this team to start moving back in the right direction. And games like this, which kudos to them, they have a job to do, and they did it, and they did it in fine fashion at Soldier Field against the Texans with their with their victory. But now it makes it a lot less harder to criticize that and, and to push the envelope. I mean, there's going to be plenty of people still saying, no, Nagy has to be gone no no later than by season's end. And new, along with Pace, we need new GM, we need new, we need new head coach. That doesn't change. For me, that doesn't change either. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, for you, the same as well. Like, th- this doesn't change all that by any means. But if you if you weren't, if you're Matt Nagy and you were not fired after that performance against the Lions, you definitely bought yourself not only another week, but you surely did buy yourself, you would assume, now the rest of the season. Who knows? Football's crazy. Things obviously change week by week. I've said multiple times on this show that the Bears would never have a victory like this where they're just smooth sailing all the way to the end. Said it multiple times. Clearly, I'm flat out wrong. and don't know what I'm talking about. So, pats on the back to them. And let's think about this, too. I mean, there, there's a couple different angles you could look at this. One with Matt Nagy, one with Mitch Trubisky. Let's start there with those two guys because we really, really want to write them off and say they're not in Chicago next year. Once again, I'll be like you, Joe. I'm not necessarily backing away from that being, in my opinion, the best thing to do. But look at what this does for the resume, right? Like you said, if Matt Nagy just went the rest of the year where the snowball just kept piling up and piling up, where does that leave him when he's in interview rooms now? Now he at least has something like this. Right to back him up in an interview room if he wants to go and obviously try to get whatever the next step is after the Bears, that being if he indeed is done at season's end. And then Mitch Trubisky, I said it last week, he's probably just going to be some backup next year no matter where he's at. Who knows? Call me crazy. Call me just being in the heat of the moment. Maybe he's the Bears' backup. Maybe. I know that there's going to be a lot of laughs at that one. But if he could show that he's now somewhat – 
at least more capable or more competent than what he was before the benching, who knows? I mean, maybe the Bears bring him back on a one-year, very, very slim contract if he's cool for it, just as maybe to compete as a backup now. Or maybe just cut ties and you move on. I don't know, but think about it. He he wants to play for a team next year. Nagy wants to coach a team next year. Will it be the Bears? Still probably not after this victory. But it gets the wheels turning, and it, and it gets you thinking, you know, that something like this obviously improves their chances of getting hired someplace. You are drinking that Kool-Aid. <laughs> no, I am not, but just think <laughs> about it. I mean, I'm not saying Trubisky should be here next year. I'm not. What I'm saying is if indeed – he rolls off the rest of the season, showing that he's competent enough to play quarterback. Maybe he's your backup. Maybe, maybe. I, I don't want him to be the starter. Don't get me. Don't get me wrong. I, there's, there's no way I'm saying that. But I'm just saying. I'm not saying. Oh, we got good Mitch now, but he's gonna play somewhere next year. The Bears, if they, if they let him go, they're gonna need at least two. What is it gonna be? Whatever guy you get in a draft, free agency, and then Tyler Bray. Right? I mean, you're going to need two of them, but there's probably a lot of directions you could go just to rid yourself of the of the Trubisky idea and project and everything that comes along with the history of just a few years ago. Just everything involved in why he's here, how he's here. Yes, you probably want to rid yourself of that completely, but who knows? Like I said, Matt Nagy wasn't gone after the Lions. He sure as hell after this after this victory, you know. Gives himself the, the rest of the, the few more weeks that is the regular season until season's end. But, you know, it just it just all goes back to how I opened how I opened up that statement where thanks for making it harder on us. <laughs> you know, you wanted all the reasons and there's still plenty to move on come the end of the season. But as a fan who had already made up their mind on that, you just wanted more and more. And today it was like one of those. No, not yet. We got this. Maybe next week we'll we'll, we'll revert back to, uh, you know, Mitch in the offense, negative 2.0. But not this week. Yeah, I, I, I think this game, well, I don't want to take too much away from it because, like like you said, and like we're talking about, like it's, it's one game and what's been a pretty lost season. But I think it shows you. And the Texans are very bad. Yes. I don't know if we've mentioned that. The They're Texans very are bad. also very, very bad. Yes. But I think it shows you what the potential of this team could have been this year if it all worked. And it's the defense showing up and playing ferociously and kicking Deshaun Watson's ass and turning the ball over to get the the Bears in scoring position to where there wasn't as much pressure on the offense to hold up their end of the bargain to where the majority of the year hasn't been that. The defense hasn't gotten you nearly enough turnovers. And if that was going to be your model to kind of mask some of the the offensive flaws like you did in 2018, that's what this could have been. It would have been an average an average offense and a stellar defense to to win you games. And I think you beat me to it. I was going to ask you, didn't it feel like 2018? That's what this did game this was. Game just feel like you were watching something from. That's 2018? exactly what it was. And so I think that's where the kind of frustration sits with me. Is like th- if all went well, this is what it could have been. It's not going to be the greatest thing in the world. But it's going to be something to where it all kind of fits and works together. And you saw that even in the game plan today. This wasn't the Matt Nagy eight-step drop, sit-in-the-pocket offense that Trubisky was benched for because he couldn't follow through on it. This was a adjusted offensive approach to utilize Trubisky's skills to where not as much was asked from him, where it was a lot of rollouts, a lot of dump-offs. He had good field position. He could use his legs. He wasn't relying on the deep ball. And having a 
a lead that whole time obviously helps you and with the running game that helped them. But like that's what should have been asked all along and should have been schemed all along. So when you when you beg the question of, you know, was Trubisky the answer quarterback for the long run? No. Was Nick Foles the answer? No. Was the benching right in hindsight? Probably not because they weren't much better. And so I think this was just kind of that picture of what of what this was supposed to look like if you got this kind of performance from Mitch. And 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 I think that's that that's what you saw today. I still think, you know, there's a lot to be said about you have a big run in the beginning and you don't have much in the end. You score thirty plus Even though you're up a million. You're up a million and you're still not running right, enough. Right. Or or you score thirty points in the first half basically in the first half and score six in the second half, you know, you were luckily up enough, but against a good team, you got to score more than six points. I'm not trying to nitpick when they win, but that's what I do. But it's it's just one of those games where I, I, I don't want us to take away too much from it, but it's it's hard not to just kind of sit back and look at it and go, this is what this team could have been and just fell flat on their faces. And to have that show up today is nice, but where was that for the last six weeks? I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I think you, you're you right on with uh, exactly what you're saying. Of This felt like a game from 2018, and it makes you think, wow, if we just stuck to a good enough game plan and we didn't get too crazy with things, when this defense shows up and you're facing a team that has less talent than you, with a, with a defense like that, and being and facing an inferior opponent, as long as you game plan smart and strategically enough on offense, you could pretty much run into games like this. They ran into a few games like this in 2018, and while you have a 12 and four season, man, I'm looking at the schedule. They can finish 500, can't they? Like this is just getting silly now. You you just with showing a little bit of competence today, and I'm not trying to drink the Kool Aid too much, but just think about this, Joey. Your last three games are Minnesota, Jacksonville, Green Bay. I, I have Green Bay still slapping them at the end of the year, trust me. But the next two games, Minnesota and then the Trubisky, probably Glennon game in Jacksonville, that's very winnable. So if you somehow could sneak past Minnesota, which that's definitely not getting ahead of ourselves. They could definitely lose that game. All I'm saying is Jacksonville's very winnable. And if you somehow go back-to-back wins and you win next week, you could very easily now end up 8-8. Eight and eight kind of say that as a headache because i don't want that right how do you I, feel I, at eight and eight right i, 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 don't, I don't feel good at all right and i'm not trying that's what i'm saying is trust me i'm not trying to come out here and say all oh, the bears are back by no stretch of the imagination are they they have a long way to go this was a crap houston team who just can't protect deshaun watson for anything what was it six sacks today against like the bears finally showed up they finally got to the quarterback on defense like they sh- like they we thought they'd be doing all year long just getting in the backfield getting in the backfield but you know it showed up today get to get to deshaun watson numerous times he just had nowhere to go back there and that's what you saw today if someone of that trend kind of holds up, like I said, Jacksonville, that's a winnable game. The Bears are just – they are a better team. I'm not saying they're a great team, but they're better than Jacksonville. And if you beat Minnesota, there you are most likely at 8-8. Eight eight. I, I, they'll shock the world if they beat Green Bay uh, to end the season. So, you know, they're, they're looking at about – but basically like maybe like a 7-9, and 8-8 eight eight season ending. And it's like, oh, great. Do you really have like – 
it's not even a false hope. I'm not saying why give us a false hope. I'm saying why even like why are you bothering anymore? It's because they have to. They have jobs, right? And they're they're finishing off like professionals. Once again, kudos to them. Appreciate it, boys. But like you said, where does that leave you now? It just leaves it more of a eh situation where if they would have just totally once again kept this this terrible snowball rolling and you end six and ten, it's a it's a no-brainer decision. Right. Still probably is at 7, 9, 8, and 8 for sure, but it's like, come on, let's cut the crap. Well, let's <laughs> like, just, please don't. Yeah, because it's tough because we, we, right, we've been conditioned each week to feel that way. Like, keep this going. We're getting worse. Not that we want that, but it, it forces their hand to make change swiftly to where now... That's what you, it is, yeah. You, you, know the, you know the hand needs to be pushed and forced, so it's right. like, please. <laughs> but boy, like, I mean, you know... What I said in the beginning of the show of it gives Matt Nagy some credibility and leadership points, that could, that could easily be a checkbox on you know the McCaskey's list of go, well, they didn't quit on him, so clearly it's not the coach's fault. We just have to get better players. And then yeah. you keep this whole thing. And that could easily be an argument. Yeah, I mean, it's an intangible that you definitely want to see in a coach, but he didn't do enough in terms of the X's and O's. And all the other, you know, a lot of strategic things that were just, what are you doing? For example, Montgomery breaks out with an 80-yard run to start to start the game with a touchdown. Next thing you know, they're running a run play with Cordell Patterson. It's like, what is happening here now? Could we please? <laughs> but, I mean, once again, be, be very nitpicky if you will. But that's what you do when you're talking about these games. And he just didn't do enough strategically as a head coach to warrant that kind of enough pats on the back, if you will, to say, yo, oh, wait, he keeps checking these boxes. Maybe we do keep him around. And who knows? De- depending on how the last three games end, I, I hope not. I really don't because I-, I think it's probably best that the Bears move on. But, you know, Matt Nagy, good for him. He's going to do whatever he can to keep pushing the hand now. For I mean, you, he was pumped <laughs> on that touchdown. He was pumped. He's like, yes, I'm still here. Give me, keep me, I'm keeping my job. Or it's maybe, maybe like a big F you to everybody who's doubting him. And, hey, good for no, you, man. Be you. Be you. <laughs> yeah, be you. Hey, I hear it, man. Good for you. Good for you. But here's where we're at. How, how do you feel about the game other than what all the talking points we just talked about? Yeah, I guess you're happy it was entertaining. I mean, it was a very comfortable victory. Even, like you said, only scoring six points in the second half. It was still smooth sailing, though. There was a, a very, very you know, few moments in that game. And it's, it was the first half very early on where you felt, okay, yeah, Texans are definitely still in this. We're the bears. And you know, what, what, how are they going to mess this up? But even at halftime, you scratch your head and said, they're going to mess this up, right? No, they're not. They, they're probably not. I, I don't know. And then before you know it, the way the second half was and that defensive dominant unit, it was a pretty comfortable victory for the bears. So, I mean, I guess you're happy that it's a pretty entertaining one. <laughs> and anybody who just likes watching Bears victories on Sundays or Monday nights, Thursdays, whenever it is they play, at least you got that. And you know what? Good for good for Nagy and Trubisky now who don't have to hear the whole, oh, man, Watson came in and just wiped the floor with you guys. I, I thought that's definitely what – and, of course, that's what he wanted to do, but he's – being chased around by a Hicks here and a Mac here and a trade, you know, they're, they're getting to the backfield on him and making him uncomfortable all game long. I'm, I'm sure he definitely wanted to beat, you know, the guy who was drafted above him. And not only that, but, you know, trade it up because, oh, there's no way Watson could fall to us. We definitely need Mitchell Trubisky. So sure. He wanted to go in there and, you know, show why he should have been the guy, I'm sure. But 
it's not what happened. And now you have yourself uh, an interesting interesting week now. It's, it's going to be interesting to talk about the next game moving forward on our next show of, all right, that's definitely over. How do we truly now with that game behind us and not as much of a talking point looking to look, look forward now? And it's against Minnesota, divisional opponent. According to the TV graphics, I think the Bears are still in the playoff hunt, still making a Super Bowl push, correct? Technically, so, yeah. Super Bowl bound Bears. There you go. <laughs> no way. No way. Yeah, I think I think that's the biggest thing is, okay, now you've won the game. How do you go and how do you grow from here? And it'll say a lot what happens in the next couple of games about where this all stands. I mean, I still, I'm not trying to repeat myself, repeat what we said, but yeah, I still think it ends in probably some kind of management coaching change, but It'll say a lot if you lose six in a row and then win four in a row. I mean, I don't think they'll beat the Packers, but in theory, you know, you had the Detroit game one last week, technically, and then you would have... So you threw it away. Right. So, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how, how they respond and what and what Trubisky looks like. Because, again, he's not the answer, but if he's auditioning for something and you can show show a team that... In the right offense, he can manage your 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 team. You know, good for him. I always I've, I've always liked the guy. I feel bad for him. He's just not very good at the sport, and he's had an immense amount of pressure on him since he was drafted. I mean, even in the teaser today before the game, they teased about uh, Watson and 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 Trubisky. Like like it was like Kevin Harlan's first words were like Deshaun Watson revenge on the team who didn't draft him. I'm like really, it's been two. It was a minute into the open. How are we there already? So it's it's clearly a talking point and. And well, like I said, the the Bears good good on them for like just putting any kind of that of that narrative to bed right, right away, right away. So good good for them. It, it's it's what do, do we? I feel like we almost wanted to talk the Watson Trubisky. Uh, Absolutely did because it's exactly what you said. Adds fuel to the fire of how brutally they screwed up. Burn it all down. <laughs> Back up the truck. Yeah, no, I I get it. I mean, hey, that, that's where we're at now, though. Head coach Matt Nagy gets to talk about a victory, even though a lot of people want a replacement at head coach for the Chicago Bears. Speaking of, of a replacement at head coach, ILL, Joey. I and I, nice transition. I do what I can. And it was no shocker necessarily to see that Lovey Smith and the University of Illinois decided to part ways, if you will. So he's out, doesn't even get to make the trip to Penn State uh, to round out the season for the Illini. Ends with a 17-37 and 37 college record. That's good for a 309 winning percentage, so not that good at all. Joey and I were down there over at Illinois doing Illini Drive on WPGU 1071, the college airwaves there. Uh, we we hosted co-hosted the um, sports show together along with other talents. And when Lovey Smith was introduced at Illinois, it's something you're never going to forget, right? It's 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 something from your college days you definitely won't forget. Just students packed into the Illini Union to see Lovey Smith rolling in as your new as the new head coach of the Illini football team. There was tons of promise. There was tons of hope. A lot of it, I think rightfully so. There was there was definitely reasons to be hopeful and reasons to be happy about it, especially with the 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 last slew of coaches the team had. No knock on Bill Q, but a great professional, but obviously You don't want Tim Beckman's going... lasagna? No. <laughs> that was my was favorite thing of our wind. Lasagna. Oh, oh. God. 
there's so many sound bites. I remember just our college days, all the goofy sound bites we had to drop about Mr. Tim Beckman. But <laughs> yeah, you know, Tim Beckman gone, and then you know, filling in for him, obviously as the interim, Bill Cubitt along the way, who, like I said, in our interaction with him, stand-up guy, classy guy, but not the guy you necessarily trusted to get you completely over the over the the, the hump there and get you on to the next level, competing for you know good bowl games, but. Lovey Smith comes in, like I said, uh, there was just a big, big, just feeling of optimism, you know, from from everybody there. Not only just not only sports fans that were at Illinois. I remember there was there was just a lot of random people being like, "What's all the fuss about? Or why is everybody packing the union? Or what's who's even this Lovey Smith guy?" And you would remind them, "Oh, you know the Bears. You remember? Did you ever watch them? Did you watch them at home? Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Like, and then they they even started rallying around it, and it was nice." However, <laughs> didn't necessarily end the way you wanted it to, and it's you, there's definitely a whole lot of talking points on it. One, obviously, you wonder what's next for Lovey, and more importantly, as an Illini fan, I guess, you wonder what's next for that team. Are they finally going to find a head coach with, you would hope, enough pedigree to do a much better job in recruiting, because I think that's where Lovey lacked tremendously, mm-hmm. And just doing everything it takes, all the tremendous hard work to get a good college football program running. Yeah, it it was an interesting Sunday news dump, that's for sure. And it's just, it's, it's like you said, it's just as unfortunate. I mean, I I, I remember that day too, and, and it was just bedlam. Of, of excitement, and I, I've never seen a press conference so well attended. I mean, you had people driving in from Chicago and flying down just for a 40-minute press conference because of how big of a deal that was. You had the former Bears coach becoming the Illinois coach, and even the, the first year, the first game, the team was garbage, was going to be garbage, and it was a sellout practically. I've never seen Block I, the student section, as filled because of the name Lovey Smith attached to the program. And it just it just didn't work and 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 I think you just didn't see enough growth and and, and I'm on the record of saying I mean they had him on a six year deal for how far down in the basement they were in it was going to take all six years to really turn it around and so it was a coin flip between who's worse them or Rutgers right coin right yeah and, and 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 it turns out that by year five the athletic department had seen enough and and that was it and and I think it's just it's just unfortunate and and I think. It comes down to, you know, Lovey was out of college for a while, and I think he he was a great coach for player relationship, a good mentor. I can't imagine anyone saying a bad word about him, but the college game requires a different style of coaching and an emphasis on recruiting, and I think that's where he really lacked the, the specialty in doing that. Yeah, was he a guy that could go in your living room and win you over? Of course. But he actually has to go to the living room to do it. And not, I'm not calling him lazy at all, but, but I think it's just there was a disconnect. He never was able to connect with the Chicago schools and, and, and build that rapport and a pipeline from Illinois for good players. And I was just reading a couple articles today, and it's like the 2020 recruiting class had zero in-state commits. Like, that's insane. For the flagship state school, the only Big Ten public university, and you have no in-state recruits meanwhile northwestern's in the big 10 championship game and so very bad yeah and so it just it just it just shows what kind of that disconnect was of what you were looking for where you couldn't make those inroads you needed to build it and there's reality too of you know dan and i 
were, you know, in high school. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, in high school, basically, when the Bears went to the Super Bowl. And you talk to an 18-year-old now, the idea and concept of Lovey Smith and the Super Bowl Bears coach, they have no reference point. And the Bears didn't even win that game. If they won that game, you get the Ditka treatment, you may know who he is. But that that disconnect kind of isn't there. Excuse me, the disconnect is there. And so I I know it's a rant. I'll let you jump in. But it's just just a a frustrating time because like with the Bears we talk about, they have to start all over again, and this big swing was a swing and a miss, and the next one is is vital and crucial to the future of what this this program will do. No, you said they're they're the bears of champagne, right? They're the they're the mini bears. They're, they're they were the they were the same uh, they were the same colors. They got the Dick Buckus ties, they got the Red Grange ties, and now they have the what the heck are we doing? We have to continue to rinse, wash, repeat type of similarity now. Where, all right, time to find a new head coach or you know, new athletic director, whatever it is. Somebody at the top. Somebody new leading the charge on the field. All right, well, now we have to try to revamp the wheel again. And it's unfortunate because while you're right that there's not too many high schoolers nowadays and maybe the past couple of years who would have been extremely familiar with the name Lovey Smith, especially those who aren't in-state. And if they're following an NFL team, it's probably not the Bears. But still, he, I think he had enough name recognition, enough respect behind his name. And like you said, what players say, interactions with the media, seemed like a very professional guy, seemed very polite, <laughs> seemed like a guy who could definitely win you over if, if, he, if he said the right things and or if the situation was right. And it's just kind of aggravating that that didn't bring in enough recruiting value. It didn't win over enough, as you said, this following year, nobody in state. And it's just a head scratcher of how, why was, like you said, definitely not calling him lazy, but was there not enough effort put in there? Was there just a lack of understanding how to do it and how to pursue it? Was there just, was he just more dialed in on leading the team another or like leading the team he already had and more dialed in on the football X's and O's standpoint of it. There's many times he's on record. One of the very first press conference, the one we went to, he's asked quite a few questions about it. If you want to bring up the tapes where he addressed the recruiting thing, right? He, he addressed how, yeah, it's going to, it's a lot of hard work. I understand that's the biggest thing you have to do at the college level. And when you heard him say that and you had trust that he would do it, like, oh, wow, whether people recognize his name or not, he could probably win a lot of guys over because he's just he's just a classy guy. He comes off as a classy dude. And it's just disappointing that obviously that didn't work. And that's probably like the biggest thing. Like, as I said, there was a lot of hope. There was a lot of optimism, optimism. And there was there was good enough reasons why he had he was he was a good NFL head coach. He even when the Bears let him go, they always bring it back up. Well, the Bears got rid of Lovey Smith after a 10 win season. Goes to a Super Bowl. Very, very good defensive coordinator when he wasn't a head coach in the NFL. So he knew he knew the X's and O's of it all. He seemed like he would be a pretty damn good mentor from what certain players do. And of course, you know, if you're a good enough coach, there's going to be players who have your back when you're gone or when you leave. So there's plenty of players who tweet out or message out and back that up that he was a pretty damn good mentor 
So that's just the frustrating part about it is that he wasn't able to get enough talent to coach. And part, a lot of that's on him because probably the biggest, biggest thing you have to do, or it is the biggest thing you have to do at the college football le- level, is know how to constantly recruit like a madman year in and year out. You have to get the best guys every single year if you want to be a powerhouse. And the thing is, like you said, Joey, sure, it would, it would probably have taken his whole first contract to turn that thing around. But one, while you're probably right, the, you were definitely expecting it to be a lot better than what it is still now. Like if 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 he improved it, you know, you were going to give him the benefit of the doubt if he just went at a very nice incremental pace. He didn't. Here's where we're at. And now you got to find a guy who <laughs> who can now just start it all over again. They're not in a great position now, and now you have to find a guy who could sell that program. You thought it was Lovey Smith partially out of just because of name recognition that didn't get it done, and. You wonder where Illinois is going to go next. Hopefully, the bas- the basketball team can help put that put that school on the map. Who knows, right? Maybe that'll be our saving grace from a, from an, uh, an an athletic standpoint. But it's just what it is. I mean, it's just a shame that obviously he wasn't able to recruit the best guys year in and year out. And you know, the last thing I'll I'll say on that part in terms of just the kind of growth you wanted to see. While it would have been nice, it's not like we're we're mad because Illinois. You know, for for the time he's been there, not competing for a national title yet. You just wanted to see some relevant enough bowl games. You wanted to be competing for Big Ten titles, like, right? Northwestern's just, been in two out of three Big Ten championship games. Exactly. That's all you ask for to be relevant. It's all it's all you ask for to start at least, right? <laughs> you know, nobody was asking you to go from the dumpster to you know rags to riches in in four to six years. No, but there just definitely wasn't enough incremental success to argue that okay you're you're 100 the the right man for the job and obviously <laughs> lovey smith has been in football for a long time it was about 40 40 plus years whether it be the high school level the college level the nfl level you know i'm i'm, I'm sure he'll be fine and obviously wishing the best because like i said if there was one thing that he at least was it was a breath of fresh air it was somebody who you're a notable enough name you're you're recognizable enough and you're just, we don't have to worry about you going up there talking, to, fumbling over your words over lasagna or went or just coming up with these crazy acronyms or just doing off the wall things that bring bad publicity. And look what he did. Didn't bring any bad publicity to the team, which thankfully, yes, college football, no scandals, no bad publicity. They can ask. Thank you, Lovey. However, once again, it didn't, it didn't, he didn't bring in enough good football results yeah and and i think you're right i think it brought a little more respectability and a little more big 10 feel to a program that had just come off of mac coaches in football and basketball and that set them back tremendously so yeah i think it gave them a little bit of culture but yeah i think you're right i think it's it's just it, it, it was a lack of influx of quality talent and i know it's harder to do in college like you could go sign a free agent for 40 million dollars but you have to start with recruiting classes that are going to reshape your entire university, and in a weird way, I I, I want to you know relate it to kind of what the Bulls are going through, and and I know I, I know it's a stretch, but hear no, me out. No. Hear me out. It took John Paxson to finally admit that he was not the right guy for the job anymore, and there needed to be change. A majority of that was because he wasn't the guy that was going to 
take the time and effort to build those player relationships, the agent relationships, the sponsor relationships, to where the league is now. To it, it, It's all about who you know, these big-time relationships, these deals, the, the these really forward-thinking promotional campaigns, and the Bulls weren't in those conversations and weren't doing it. They were just sitting back and going, we're the Bulls, we still are a, a huge destination, people are going to come to us. And I'm afraid that's kind of what happened with Illinois, that even though they're, they're not a big destination for recruits, the name Lovey Smith would have brought that in. And and he was away from the college game for a while, and the, and the tools of recruiting changed. The way you had to relate to players changed. The way you build those relationships with college other coaches around the Big Ten, high school coaches in Illinois, that changed too in how you build, how you recruit. And so when when you read these articles about, you know, there, there's a, a, I know it's virtual this year because of COVID, but there's a an Illinois football clinic that has all these Big Ten coaches going to it, former Illinois coaches going to it, and Lovey's not going. Or high school coaches are saying, you know, we talked to Fitz for the last three years at Northwestern, but we haven't heard from Lovey about our guys. And it's not like you're in a bad state, like the Catholic League, the Public League, the Suburb Leagues. Like, there's a lot of good high school football talent in, in Illinois. And to not even have, I don't even want to call it a pipeline, just a landline, a phone that operates to get those two on the same page to not work is weird. And so you, you, you saw how that script flipped in the basketball, where even for John Gross, his main thing was, I want to get Simeon guys. You've seen it now with Brad Underwood. I'm getting the top two talent from Morgan Park. These are local guys that want to stay here and represent their state on a team that actually, you know, this year has final four aspirations. And you're getting that kind of talent to, to commit to you. And the football side of things never did that. Those relationships were never built. And so that's why, you know, you sit here and you go, well, who's going to be the next coach for Illinois? I have no idea. But there are arguments to be had that say we should get, like, you know, just how they, they wanted the Simeon coaching staff to become an Illinois coaching staff. Like, why not get the Loyola staff to come? Why not get the guys to come with you? It's like you, you got to rebuild that connection to your own state to have a shot at competing. Because like you said, I'm not looking for them to be a national champion right now. That's probably never going to be in the cards for a long time. But to compete in the Big Ten West, if Northwestern can do it, I'm not trying to take away from Northwestern, but how have they been able to build that? And Illinois football can't. I mean, that, that that's kind of a slap in your face. Well, if there's one thing that you cannot allow, it's to, and if, obviously this is if you want to be a, a big-time program in, in the Big Ten, you cannot, whether it's basketball, football, you name it, year in and year out lose big-name recruits in your own state. Like you were saying, year in, and you're out for the Illinois basketball team for a nice little stretch. They were missing out on too many Simeon guys, right? Too many notable, good Chicago high school athletes. And you can't do that. And when you when you reference Lovey Smith not even going to certain clinics that are just held in the state in which he coaches, if there's if there's any state you should just be covering like a blanket for recruiting, let alone all the other ones, it's the one you're in, <laughs> especially if there is respectable un, 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 un amounts of talent. Like you said, it's not like the state of Illinois just doesn't breed any good college athletes. And regardless, you should know like the back of your hand. You should know exactly what's going on in your state. Proximity-wise, it's where you're at. It's, it's, it's what you're in. It's, it's going to be the closest to go and, and get in touch with these families. And they're going to like in the University of Illinois, 
any school in Illinois, whether they know you as Lovey Smith of the Bears or Lovey Smith just of the Fighting Illini, odds are they, they're very familiar with you. Get in front of them. But not enough of it happened, and it's one of the big reasons why, Let a, not only that, but just numbers to boot, just not good enough numbers by any stretch of the imagination, less than 15 wins his entire tenure there at the University of Illinois. That's not going to get the job done, so... I don't know, Joe. It, it was it was good doing a Believe in Chicago Sports podcast and WPGU Illini Drive uh, show with you tonight. I but. said it feels good to get back in the swing of it. You are home on the way home for Illini Sports. Yeah, <laughs> it, definitely. It's 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 weird. It, it feels like for the Bears that we did a recap of a 2018 game, and now for the for the Illini, we're, we're switching it back a few years to when Lovey Smith was walking into the Illini Union. What are the odds they get a very very big college football name? I don't know. I mean, there's, there's obviously there's, there's there's plenty of time to go. You would think before they before they name their new head coach. Even though, who knows? Maybe, maybe Whitman has his guy already, or maybe he has a couple lined up. I'm sure he's probably made quite a few phone calls already. Did you take a shot yeah, at Gus Melzahn of Auburn, who just got let go today? Probably not. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's I don't know. I, I think. I mean, part of me does think that you know Whitman probably has a couple guys at least lined to. up. That, that he's definitely the fact that he did it this week and not next week tells you something's in the pressure cooker. Yeah, for sure. And I would just I just hope that the next coach they bring in doesn't necessarily have to pack the Illini Union, but I want him to pack the stands. I want him to pack Memorial Stadium. And how do you do that? You you do it with wins. You you form a winning a winning program and eventually Black Eye will be filled on a game by game basis. When when every when it's allowed to be full capacity and everything like that, give it a few more seasons and you'll Hopefully have a program on the up and up and be able to, you know, without any kind of worry in your mind, go and pack in a Memorial Stadium. But just uh, just an interesting day here for, you know, in terms of the Bears getting this crazy victory now all of a sudden and holding off the narrative, not changing the narrative or altering it necessarily in any dramatic way, but just putting a pause on it. You know, we're, we're hitting stop before we start getting too too far down the road of just getting rid of Nagy and Pace right now, which sooner or later, we'll see how that happens. And now, you know, getting the news right before the game that Lovey Smith was no longer going to be the head coach of the Illini football team. But who knows? Maybe he'll be the next head coach of the Bears. Go Bears! Maybe him and Nagy will swap, uh, swap jobs. There we go. I, I can see I Matt Nagy being king of champagne. Let's do it. Just swap roles, boys. Be a nice new spokesman for Papadels or whatever, and and have a good have a good deal going on there. <laughs> well, we'll have to wait and see. It's odd to be optimistic about the Bears, and so I think we just have to end it on that note because there's a weird sense of okay, it was a good Sunday. May not be a good Sunday next week or ever again, but today was at least an enjoyable Sunday uh, that we can bask in the glory of a Bears victory. They're rare to come by. And uh, yeah, questions remain for Illinois. And I know we're not normally an Illini-focused show, but they're kind of part of our arsenal since Dan and I both went there, uh, especially with basketball competing at a really high level this year. Maybe we'll uh, bring up that topic a little more and and have some fun with it for anyone who still is an Illinois fan and hasn't abandoned ship yet. <laughs> so we'll see. That's going to do it for us today on Believe in Chicago Sports. You can follow me on Twitter at Joey Gellman. He is at Tweet Dan Collins, the show. Believe in Chicago Sports it's on Twitter at Believe in Chicago, part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. We will talk to you guys again on Thursday. We're going to get a little uh, sports gambling for you in on Thursday. We're excited to do that, uh, give you some 
tips on what to look for and bet on, especially with college football regular season winding down, Big Ten Championship coming up, and a whole lot more uh, to definitely dissect to get uh, some money in your wallets for the holiday season. So we'll get that all to you on Thursday. For Dan Collins, I'm Joey Gellman. Have an awesome start to your Monday and a great rest of your week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.